Simple marketing is something that speaks to a consumer's need. You're listening to Tracy Stellert, Global VP Consumer Experiences at ABMBF and in-house agency Draftline. This is CMO Talk, the podcast. Marketing discussed at the highest level. CMO Talk is sponsored by our valued partner, Adobe. Welcome to CMO Talk. My name is Klaas Weima, professional marketer, founder of Agency Energize and podcaster since 2008. In this monthly show, we unravel the secrets of world marketing giants. And we do that this year through a series of interviews live at the Embassy of Dutch Creativity at the Cannes Lions Festival. And my name's Adam Fields. I'm a stand-up comedian by night, and by day, I'm a wannabe marketeer, which is why I'm here, trying to get some inspiration and make some connections. Today's guest in CMO Talk is Tracy Stellert, Global VP Consumer Experiences at AB InBev. Anheuser Busch InBev, in short, AB InBev, is world's leading brewer with over 500 beer brands, including Budweiser, Bex, Corona, and Stella Artois. In this talk, we would like to discuss the concept of meaningful marketing. How can brands act in a responsible manner? Tracy, welcome to CMO Talk and thanks for joining us today. Tracy, welcome to CMO Talk and it's great Thank to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. And I really our, appreciate our the time. chat here. A seaside yes. chat. And the sun is sun is back up again. I'm the sun is back up. The sand is beautiful. The waves are beautiful. It's a lovely day. There we go. Are you happy to be here in Cannes, or do you have some mixed feelings? We're super, super happy to be here this year. I think one, it's great coming out of the pandemic, having you know everyone able to be together in person, and I believe so much in the serendipity of you know meeting random people. We randomly met. This is a very serendipitous yeah. occasion that you know we get to spend this time together. So I think you can't do that without the in-person interaction, and I'm super happy to be here. Great, That's good. Are Thanks. you a regular at Cannes? This is my second year, okay. so I would not say a regular. I um, I'm a repeater at this. Yeah. Yeah. And the last time was 2019? 2019, yes, yeah. yes. Any differences you noticed? I think there's a lot more uh, genuine uh, excitement yeah. uh, this year. Like it feels a little bit, um, you know, like people are excited about the human side of can and the human side of marketing as well. And I think that speaks a little bit to purpose and, you know, why a yeah. lot of us love building brands. Yeah. Um, so, right. yeah. Um, you've been at various positions at uh, ABM Beth. Uh, I think for over 10 years, 11 years 11 now. Years. Yeah. What, what, what keeps you there? <gasps> New exciting challenges. Um, you know, I uh, actually, my undergraduate degree is, is in civil engineering, which may seem weird for someone that works in marketing today. But, uh, you know, when I left university, I said, I just don't want to do the same thing every day. Mm. I want to do something that's dynamic. Mm. I want to do something that focuses on people and learning about people and understanding people. And I very luckily fell into marketing, let's say. Um, and a lot of engineers have, actually. Yeah. A lot of, a lot yeah. of engineers in uh, marketing. It's strange. Yeah. It's, it's weird. It's becoming, you know, more tech-driven. Yeah. It's becoming more analytical. I think we have a lot more tools um, that engineers are, are naturally driven to. Um, but I also think it speaks to the way that creativity is kind of evolving. Um, and, you know, and if you look at, I think, the World Economic Forum, the top five traits that they think anyone in any industry should have as a skill, creativity is one of them. Oh, mm. that's good. So it's not just a marketing thing. So AI also is not going to take over creatives? That, they say that's actually why creativity is so important, right. because you need to be able to think through what the AI is saying and then say, how do we now translate that into an insight? How do we translate that into an idea sure. that starts to resonate? So. Right. So you're not just there for the free beer. Okay. No. Right. I, I, 
We're talking about meaningful market, market, marketing. How would you define meaningful? The beer is just kicking in, obviously. You can hear that. Uh, how would you define meaningful marketing? I think meaningful marketing is something that speaks to a consumer's need. Right. And at the end of the day, I think the other big transformation that we're seeing in marketing right now is this move from marketers thinking about, you know, what does my brand need? What is the message that my brand wants to say? And moving more towards this world of what do consumers need? What can I do as a brand that's going to help fulfill a consumer need? And to me, that's really meaningful marketing because it has a meaningful place in a consumer's, a consumer's mind and heart. Do you have a, an example which comes to mind? We'll, we'll discuss ABMF later, which you really think it's a, do a great job, basically. It does a great job. Uh, yeah. So um, last year, we were really fortunate uh, you know, to win a Grand Prix in the, the commerce category, actually, yeah. for uh, a uh, piece of work we call Tienda Circa, um, which came from our team in Colombia. And what that focused on was during the pandemic, this idea that there were many small stores all across Colombia, which are called tiendas there, um, that depend on being open for their livelihoods, right? And these are not big corporations. These are very small businesses. They live, you know, month to month. They're looking very carefully at yeah. their expenses. Mm. And so not being able to be open was a huge problem for them. Mm. Equally... What we see is, you know, consumers are struggling to get their everyday needs met. So we thought to ourselves, you know, how can we come up with a solution that helps those people get the things that they need and helps those businesses get the income that they need? Hmm. What was that solution? Very, very simple. It was literally an app where we put the WhatsApp phone number of the owner of the small tienda yeah, so okay. that a consumer could go on. They could text the owner of that of that business and put an order in of what they needed. So it was okay. like e-commerce at its like very, very, yeah. very original, very yeah. infancy yeah. stage. Um, and really there, the goal was just how can we again help our customers and how can we help our consumers? Mm. Um, and what I really love about that is it was actually an idea that came from someone on our sales team. Huh. Oh, really? um, it wasn't. It wasn't from the marketing team. It wasn't uh, from a big shot agency. No, it wasn't uh, from a big shot agency. It was an idea from one of the people on our sales team. They brought it to our in-house agency draft line, and draft line said, "Oh, we think there's something interesting here. How so can we develop this? How can like we bring this forward?" Sounds like a very simple solution to a problem. Yes, yeah. super. And I think oftentimes, like the best solution to a problem yeah. is a simple one. Yeah. And, and, and being it, really direct. Pay dividends. It kept, it did. kept these businesses going. Kept these yeah. businesses going. Right. Kept these consumers with the, you know, the products that they need. And uh -huh. and you know, there's a another angle to that, which is that we as a company depend on these small stores as well. Because if they're not sure. in business, we don't have a place to sell our beer. Yeah. Yeah. So helping them also helps us. And I think that's when you find really purposeful marketing is when, you know, there's a win for the consumer, there's a win for the world, and there's a win for the business. And and can you share any results? Make me wonder. I, I, I mean, Grand Prix. No. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay uh, that's good. No, no. I, um, but in terms I think, of business or reach I think it was or... more about sustainability. So we yeah. actually took that initiative and we expanded it outside of Columbia into nine other countries around the world because we saw that it was performing so well. So the expansion of that initiative um, was able to keep more and more businesses, uh, you know, um, in, in business, which right. was exciting for right. us. Right, really nice. Love it. I read on your LinkedIn page, but it says you're, that you're passionate about building amazing brands that entertain, excite, and deliver great functionality in the lives of people. Now, I, I like a beer as much as anyone else, but I, I don't know how beer adds functionality to my life. Can you tell me that? Yes, it's a very, very interesting question. So um, I think uh, I, I think this is a stat from the UN, but um, one of the third leading diseases, if you will, in the world today is loneliness. Um, so we are in a pandemic of loneliness, and we have been for a long time. The actual COVID pandemic has certainly accelerated 
uh, that as a movement, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we believe in as an organization is we want to create more cheers in people's lives. And what does more cheers means? It means more people coming together. It yeah. means more people, you know, getting in touch with friends. It means more people meeting new people that they've never met before and doing that over a beer. And we think that beer is kind of a, a nice enabler it's a social to that conversation. Blue, Correct. Yeah. We at one time we would call ourselves the original social network. You know, beer goes back thousands and thousands of years. Um, It has been a large part of the fabric of how society has been developed because it has a very clear role to play. Um, And so that's really how I think about the the functionality of of beer. Okay, Okay, I'm sold. Drink to that. Yeah. Cheers. 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 AB InBev has a commitment to helping farmers, retailers, entrepreneurs, and communities grow. And you mentioned just a great example for the Grand Prix. Uh, how do you live up to that promise in, in everyday lives, in, in your work yourself? Yeah, so I think there's uh, it's really a multidisciplinary effort, right? Yeah. Um, it's not just the marketing team that focuses on that. It's also how our sales team has to think. It's how our government affairs team has to think. Um, it's how everyone across our business needs to think. And I think some good examples of that, um, you know, is a, an initiative that we did with Michelob Ultra called Contract for Change. Um, we knew there was a consumer demand for an organic beer. Small problem. There's very, very little organic barley in the world because there wasn't a market for it, right? And a lot of times farmers are operating on thinking about what's the need going to be in the future because it takes them time to grow things. And if they don't know that there's going to be someone that's going to be there to purchase that product, they're very hesitant about starting to grow something new. Yes, because the investment is massive for them. So we created the contract for change, um, which was literally a contract that said, hey, we are going to buy this organic barley from you in the future um, if you are willing to go ahead and grow that. Um, And a lot of them did that. Um, and that's how we were able to bring, uh, you know, the first organic beer uh, uh, to life with Michelob Ultra, um, which was, again, fulfilling something that the consumer also needed. So thinking about how we can help farmers, how we can help our consumers. And then also it's a revenue opportunity for us. Of course. Right? And how did that come to life? I mean, it started like a very small organically, you might say, um, yeah. um, but has really spread. Um, so yeah. we've taken that product to other parts of the world as well. Um, so it's it's been a, a huge growth driver because we see it as a trend that consumers are looking for, you know, products that they perceive as, yeah. as, as healthy and products that they perceive as, you know, being able to make them feel good. Um, and Michelob Ultra um, Organic is, is one of the ways that we're doing that. Pure and what gold. was the origin uh, of, the, of the idea, the source? Was it Draftline, the internal agency or? I'll be really honest. I actually don't know no, no. whose original idea it was. <laughs> But you were heavily involved in that campaign. We, oh, yes. Yeah, um, yeah. The team was involved in that. We also worked with other agencies. So um, I think in-housing for some people is yeah. about, hey, let's do it all. Um, we're not of that mindset. We're more of the mindset of what can we do uh, that adds value incrementally mm. to how we work with our other external partners um, to bring something to life. So so it's not about someone or us. It's about all of us together. And the smartness, I think it's it's not only good for AB InBev, but it's good for the whole category, right? Correct. So it's also for Campbell's Soup, you can use it to drive sustainable change. Exactly. And I was wondering, are there other brands using uh, yeah, this route of sustainability and sustainable farming also in their production phase? I think there are a lot that yeah. are starting to pop up. Um, you know, I saw an amazing case um, this year, actually, from from the team at Dole. Um, you know, loves pineapple. I don't know if you guys eat pineapple. I do love pineapple. Yeah. Um, and an amazing stat that for every uh, ton of pineapples that they harvest, there are three tons of pineapple leaves that become waste and disposal. Mm. And so they worked with um, a company to basically turn those leaves into a vegan leather product um, ah. that is more sustainable, better for the environment. Right. They're not allowing, you know, those leaves to, to waste 
blazed away and become methane. So I'm seeing a lot of you know great work. Um, I think it's very similar also to an initiative that we um, are doing with Corona uh, on plastic fishing. So this is the idea of you know we're a brand that oh, the really corona. loves the beer yeah. corona. We, yeah, Sorry. the beer right. corona. <laughs> yeah. We really love the beaches. That's why it's so great that we're out here on a beach. But there is a big problem today that there's a lot of plastic that's yeah. out there in the oceans. Yeah. Um, and what we decided to do was start holding fishing competitions. So not a novel idea where fishermen actually went out and fished for plastic. Ah. And we partnered with other organizations that would pay the fishermen for that plastic. Right. Um, and so we start to create a sustainable way of doing things. So it's, it's not a marketing campaign. It's a sustainability yeah. effort. Yeah, exactly. And we're Because proud to be a partner of it. Also for context of change, these are great initiatives, obviously, right? But are they lasting? Yes. I, I think they're, yeah, are they? Well, I mean, I think con hopefully contract for changes, right? Yeah. We're, we're saying, hey, we're going to buy this in the future. We're dedicated to this product. Yeah. Um, when we thought about the Corona Fishing Initiative for plastic, we also thought about how can this be sustainable yes and it's only sustainable right if there is a win-win for everyone right. sort of in the value chain mm -hmm. and that's what we really look for uh when we do initiatives like that makes sense so what, what do you actually do with the plastic once it's been taken out of the, the oceans it's recycled for other uses okay. um but but that's not us right our, our yeah, yeah. core our core skill is not recycling plastic yeah, yeah. um we certainly uh, are happy to play a big role though in how that that comes right. to life right okay count lions has anointed um ab imbrev as creative marketer of the year uh, which I think you receive tomorrow, right? Yes, we are very excited. It's a great yeah. honor. Yeah. Uh, tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, when you show up at these festivals, a lot of times you see, ah, this nice moment on stage, someone's getting an award. Um, and what you don't always hear about is sort of the journey and the many years that it took us to get here. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we historically have been known... Uh, widely known for being a mergers and acquisitions organization. Um, we have been able to expand our geographic footprint massively over the last couple of decades. Um, but a few years ago, we made the decision that we wanted to pivot from being a mergers and acquisitions organization to being really a growth-minded organization. Mm. So how do we start to deliver organic growth? Yeah. And when we did that, we said, you know, there's a couple core things that we're going to have to change in our business. Um, one of those things was we need to have creativity closer to the actual business. Yeah. And I mentioned before how important creativity is as a skill in the world at large. So we made the decision that we need to start really democratizing creativity and make it a core capability of our organization. That's when we decided to create Draftline. We said we're actually going to bring creatives into the company that are going to excite and infuse and build that skill with other people. Um, we made decisions to change the way that we work. So now we work much more cross-functionally because, again, it's this idea of democratized creativity, ideas coming from sales reps, um, unexpected places, and, and how can we use those to fuel our growth. Um, so being here as Creative Market of the Year, it's a huge honor. But for us, it's really been about how we've been able to grow the business in a very new and different direction. And, um, you know, we're, we're super proud of our, our financial results. It's also letting go of your egos, right? So that you're open to other ideas. So everybody can come up with, with a great idea, basically. Yes. But sometimes marketers and creative people say they... They, they don't want to copy. No, exactly. They, they are the owner of the idea. Yes. Well, we are the creative department. Yes. So we actually have a uh, an award in our internal creative awards that we do, which we call Creative X. Um, that is for whoever copies someone else's idea the best. So oh, we are literally nice. telling people in the organization, we want you to copy from each other. Okay. Um, and that's one of the big shifts that we made as an organization is we started these processes where we had 
everyone across the company really ideating and thinking on briefs at the same time so that we would see, you know, and hear different ideas from different people. And we called that ideas for good, which became ideas for growth. And a lot of the ideas that people are seeing at Cannes this year have come through that process. Nice. It's quite innovative in itself, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Encouraging plagiarism. Yes. Plagiarism is good. (laughs) And and by the way, execution's uh, very hard, right? I mean, having a creative idea is is also hard, but being able to execute it well is is incredibly difficult also. If you look back at your career at ABM Bev, just over a decade now, what's made you most proud of and why? Well, I think it's the people. Um, I think it's it's the way that we've been really able to bring, uh, you know, a new generation of, of marketers um, into the company. We've been able to turn people who would never have thought of themselves as marketers mm. into marketers. Um, we're right now having uh, one of my close sales colleagues is actually joining the marketing team. It's a little bit uncomfortable for him, but but yeah. it represents the direction right? that we're going. I know yeah. on the same team. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, uh, yeah. But but really represents the direction that we're going as an organization. And for me, yeah. that's just been the greatest thrill ride to get to see um, how we've been able to transform. Is there a particular campaign you're most proud of? Oh my goodness. Now you're putting me on the spot because yeah, I have so many children. It's like, well, children, yes, yeah. exactly. You're going to pick your favorite kid? It's hard. I know. Uh, no, I, I think there's... Top three. Um, you know, I, I think there's a, a wide variety of work that we're really proud of. Um, and maybe I can go through time um, and, and link it a little bit to where we are right now um, here at Cannes. Um, I think, you know, one, I mentioned Tienda Circa. It's a campaign yeah. we're incredibly proud of yeah. because of the agility that our commercial team was able to show in working together. I think, um, you know, Corona Fishing this year, another great example of how we're trying to think about our value chain and how can we deliver great value to many people throughout our organization and our partners. Um, And then maybe the third one that I would bring up uh, would be some work that we've done and we won a Grand Prix for I believe in 2018, although I'm not 100% sure. No excuse, yes, um, from Carling Black Label. Um, And I think an amazing initiative and a really- great insight. A brave, brave act from the brand that- um, Can you explain, it's dealing with the problematic that that you know that alcohol can be the source yeah. of a lot of domestic violence. Yes, um, right. I think it's it's really speaking to the fact that in uh, South Africa there are a lot of individuals and and in particular men um, who use alcohol as an excuse for why um, you know domestic violence is happening. Mm. Um, and for us, that's that's not a good excuse. Um, and we would really love to see you know one more recognition given to the men who are great fathers, great heroes, great um, husbands and don't engage in those kinds of things. Um, and then also like hold more accountability as a society, right? So a large part of that campaign, um, you know, spoke directly to people who are our consumers, which for some brands might be a really scary thing to yeah. do, but we felt it was the right thing to do both for our category and for the community. Could you that explain we live exactly in. how the campaign worked or the message, the clear message? Yeah, so the clear message was, you know, alcohol, there is no excuse for domestic abuse. That's the message, right? Simple. Whether it's alcohol, whether whatever it is, there is no excuse. Right. Um, it's really about, you know, how, as a community and society do we hold people um, accountable. And we actually worked, you know, with the government in South Africa as well on uh, that campaign. And that campaign has gone on for, I think, three and a half years now. So it's something that we've continued to do because, again, we believe that it is, and we, we have a lot of uh, you know, staff saying idea. that it is helping yeah, improve it's more that. Platform right. Yeah, exactly. It is a platform. Just like Heineken has... Uh, don't drink and drive, drive responsible with the Grand Prix, basically. Yeah. And this yeah. is the, 
because yeah, we, we just, yeah, well, of course we're doing the prep. And of course, if, if you look at the AB InBath and uh, yeah, it's a source also for probably, yeah, alcoholic problems and, and violence well, and, and stuff and like I think that. It's, and it's, 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 so it's, par it's part of who we are as a, as a company, you yeah. know, in the US, we were one of the first organizations to come out in favor of um, wear seatbelts, for example, yeah. and don't drink and drive. That yeah. message actually originated with Anheuser-Busch as an organization. Okay. And we're really glad that it has now traveled across our industry and has become yeah. a legal mandatory right. for people in our industry. Yeah. Um, because we think that's good for communities. Yeah. If you look at the challenges we're facing right now, because we are in Cannes, it's, the sun is up again and everything is great. But of course, we have a war in Ukraine. We have staggering inflation. We have an energy crisis, all kinds of sustainability problems. How do you cope with that as a brand? I think it's about knowing your consumer um, and about knowing the reality of the world that we live in. Um, so one of the reasons that we created DraftLine originally was that we felt we were too far away from our consumer. And we said, you know, there's two things we really need to learn. It's the who and the what. Who are our consumers? And then what is the reality of the world that they're living in? And that is changing on a regular basis. So we're consistently looking at our work and saying, is it speaking to the actual consumer need that exists in the world right now? Um, and we have worked very hard over the last few years to become more agile as an organization. Um, you know, one of the, the submissions that we have at Cannes this year um, is for a... Um, a project um, that we started when the war in Ukraine broke out. Um, and it came from this insight that, you know, there are lots of people around the world who would like to help in the humanitarian efforts, yeah. but they don't know how, mm. or it seems like a lot of work to mm. log into an NGO and like donate and go through all that. So we said, what if we could make it as simple as buying a beer? So we took actually the most loved beer brand from Ukraine and we launched it in 13 oh, different right. markets around the world. We make zero money off of it. We donate 100% of the proceeds to NGOs. Um, and the whole idea is that it's an easy way, right. a seamless way for consumers yeah. to get involved in something that they care about. Okay. Um, so, so we are really trying to think, you know, how can we, we keep up with yeah. where the world is going? Um, that took us six weeks from idea to launch. Wow. It's not hard to do when you got to get things into cans, you got to produce <laughs> yeah, exactly. product, you know, you got a war yeah. going on. Yeah. Um, but, but something that I think, uh, you know, a system we had built through COVID. Nice. Can you tell us about any plans regarding brands, products, innovations, anything anything new coming up? Oh. Oh, too it's, much. It's tough for me to reveal, um, okay. you know, a lot of things at this stage. But what I would say is... Um, we have an exciting pipeline of products um, and campaign work. And, uh, you know, we are consistently looking at how we can reinvent our portfolio and our offering to meet what consumers are looking for. Um, today, that means, you know, more things in the seltzer space. That means, uh, you know, more things in the flavored space. Um, so lots more to come. Stay tuned. Uh, stay tuned at your local retailer um, because I think you're going to see a lot popping up on shelves soon. Are we, are One we little scoop. I think the scoop is, if you join us on stage tomorrow, we may or may not be winning Creative Marketer of the Year. So you um, will. join for that. And, oh, and you we have may, the nomination. We may or may not have some product there. Ah, but you were nominated then. I no, we, we've, we've, uh, no, we've won, been notified. Right? Yes, yes. <laughs> but they could take it away. You never know. You Things know. can change, they right? Can't take in it a away heartbeat. For you. I'm, <laughs> sure, I'm sure you'll fight them tooth and nail if they try. <laughs> I would hey. like to thank you so much for your time. Thank uh, you. To be here today, to CMO Talk, Tracy Stellert, and she's the VP uh, of ABMBF. It was a pleasure thank talking you. to you. Yes. Have a great stay here in Cannes, and uh, hopefully speak soon. Yes, yes. Thank you so much for the time. I really appreciate it. This has been lovely to chat. It's always great to hear questions. So thank you so much for having me.
for listening. Please visit cmotalk.global for more interviews. The CMO Talk podcast is developed and directed by Energize. Audio, mixing and mastering by voice booking. CMO Talk is sponsored by our valued partner, Adobe.